I'm Derek T. Dingle, Senior Vice President and Chief Content Officer of Black Enterprise. And welcome to Elevate Black Inc., sponsored by Fifth Third Bank. In this podcast series, we will interview innovative entrepreneurs and business leaders who share their unique journeys as they inform you on how to pivot, perform, and profit in today's environment and beyond. This week, we talk with Tony Stovall and Cliff Green, owners of the iconic Hot Sam fashion brand and retailer located in downtown Detroit. Celebrating its 100th anniversary, it was started in 1921 by Sam Friedman as a men's boutique and operated by the founder's family for generations. By 1994, a couple of determined, hardworking employees had worked their way up the retail ladder and became owners of the very store they worked at. During their ownership, they turned Hot Sam into an African-American institution. In my conversation today, I discussed with them their path to ownership, how they met challenges over the years, including the current COVID-19 crisis, and their enduring partnership. Now, please join me for Elevate Black Inc. Gentlemen, welcome. Share with us the transition over the years and how you two became the, uh, the owners and of this um, a great establishment? Well, the name Hot Sam's came back uh, from a gentleman named Sam Friedman back in 1921. The name Hot Sam's came from like a slogan that you could buy anything from Hot Sam's for a better price. Okay. And the hot came from the prices were so great, people thought things may have been stolen. <laughs> and as a young lad, my father brought me to Hot Sam's and bought my real first suit. So I started working there in 1974. And it's been, it's funny you said that it is, of course, neither one of us are 99, but I've had <laughs> interviews so many different times. And I might have some TV celebrities say that we look wonderful for uh, soon to be hundred years old. Neither one of us are a hundred, but we, sometimes you feel that way doing to run your own business, especially in a town as, as strong as uh, the city of Detroit is. But it's wow. been our pleasure of working here and eventually becoming the owners. And, uh, and you know what, I, we really want our testimony to be, if we can do it, any young black kid came from, because we're off of see, the rough side of the city of, uh, of Detroit, the east side. But, and, and, and we want to be an example to all young people that keep dreaming and you can be anything you want to be. Okay. Well, uh, Cliff, um, did you have the same history as uh, Tony in terms of, you know, buying your clothes from Hot Sam's as a, as a youngster and, and did both of you know each other coming up, you know, before you even started working together, uh, you know, which predates the ownership? Yeah, no, I didn't. Uh, my story was a little bit different than Tone, uh, than Tony's. I um, grew up on the east side of Detroit, which we both did. I went to uh, Northeastern High School and uh, I took a class uh, called tailoring. And in that particular class, you learn how to make clothes, you know, you sew and things of that nature. So um, I never really shopped at Hot Sam's until I actually worked at Hot Sam's because in high school, in terms of the class that I took, I had a co-op teacher and then she got me a job also on the east side of Detroit in a store called Bill's Menswear. So I actually worked for Bill's Menswear through my tenure uh, of high school as well as college. Now, I actually 
met Tony, but we actually met before we actually knew each other, before I actually started working in Hot Sam, because I went to the uh, University of Detroit and I played a lot of basketball. So one of Tony's uh, good friends, who was a guy I knew as well, he brought him over to Hot, he brought him over to U of D and we actually played basketball against one another. This is before we actually knew each other and uh, come to, you know, to find out years later, we actually would work together. But uh, Tony had a, you know, a, a good basketball game and so did I. So we were both competitive and we took that competitive nature um, and brought that into Hot Sam's when I joined Hot Sam's 10 years later. And uh, we just formed a team and the team has been going strong for over 30 years. Wow. Well, uh, competitors before team members. Um, yes, right. <laughs> that's right. That's Absolutely right. right. Share with yes. us the moment you had worked at Hot Sam's for 20 years. You started in 74. Mm -hmm. Yes. You started in uh, 90, 94. Yes. There, uh, roughly. What led to your deciding to own the store? I mean, you know, both of you are very entrepreneurial very innovative, you know, one, you worked there for 20 years, what kept you there for 20 years? And then what, what was the light switch that went on? You know, what was the light switch that, what light switch that was clicked that said, we should own this and take Hot Sam's to the next level? Well, and this, this is the part where I think it's very important for our young people to understand. God has given us all a different gift. As a salesman, I was one of the best salesmen in the store Therefore, we were helping generate uh, most of the uh, business that the store was doing at that time. And then when Mr. Green came on, he became the, the, the best salesman and he had so much experience working at, at Hudson, they had a degree from UAD. So you put the two together and we feel that it was time for us to run everything because they start treating our customers who are black people to us somewhat unfair. And I, I, I've always been somewhat outspoken and I shared with them the things I thought they were not doing correctly with uh, some of the black customers and that I was really re ready to leave. So in getting ready to leave, I had to think about how I would be successful. And I couldn't imagine being successful without telling Mr. Green, I need a partner in this, man, you ready to go too. So sometimes you have to come together to make things work. And one of our, our, our models that I think are key to our success that we decided that nothing will come in between him and I, but him and I. You don't often see two black males work together as partners as long as we have and to be to some very successful. And I want you to know our success is not based on sales. Our success is based on reaching back to our community to do, we do career days, we do fashion shows, we reach out to the needy. I mean, we did the fundraisers for the UNCF, for the NAACP, any organization that we can inspire others and we share our story that you too can be successful and continue to keep dreaming. But the key to what I, I feel part of what we were doing is I had to have a partner that I thought one brought something that I, a gift that I didn't have because we have different personalities. When you put the two together, I think there was a chemistry that really made it work. What do you think, Clark? Yeah, you know, I feel the same way. Um, like I said before, I, um, or maybe I didn't say, I went to the University of Detroit. So I had a degree in business with a minor in uh, human resource. So I worked for Taylor Hudson Company for six years. I was a buyer for two years, department manager for two years, and the assistant personnel manager for two years. 
So I've had a, a wealth of retail experience. Matter of fact, I started in retail in 1967 as a 10th uh, grader in, in high school. So when the opportunity uh, came about, uh, uh, Freedman's actually offered uh, uh, Mr. Stovall an opportunity to buy the business and uh, he approached me. And, uh, you know, I said it was a good idea, you know, because we were the business anyway. We were 99% of the business of Hot Sam's and uh, the customers were our customers. So, you know, we had no fear. And like I said, because I had a lot of retail experience and exposure at Hudson's, um, you know, I was well prepared. But even when you own your own business, there's other uh, factors that uh that are there that you don't have actually when you're working for someone else. For an example, you now have, uh, you know, you got taxes, you know, uh, my responsibility has more been, I'm more the operation guy. Okay. When with Tony's responsibility has, for the most part, it has, he's more the marketing guy. Okay. So he always say, man, I bring them in and you take care of them, which is basically what we do. So is that the uh, strength of the partnership? You know, you, you said 30 years, that is a long time. That is a testament to, you know, how you've operated together, how you've um, dealt with different um, viewpoints on issues dealing with business. Sure. You decided early on that you were going to have distinct roles so that, you know, even in a partnership, each partner has to own a certain part of their responsibilities or their function and then come together as a dynamic whole. Is that a testament to how you develop the partnership early on? Well, yes, it is because as I said before, Tony's strength is marketing and mine is more operation. And uh, because like I said, working at Hudson's for six years, I had a lot of experience, okay? So I brought into the partnership that end of the experience where uh, Tony, Mr. Stovall, he's more the socialite, you know, he goes <laughs> to many events and therefore I don't have to go, which is which is good for me, okay? I don't have a problem with that. I don't mind staying home but taking care of business, okay? Uh, but, you know, we, we uh, he, Tony often says, you know, our, our partnership is like a marriage. I mean, because we're more here with, each other than with our wives right and yes we do have disagreements from time to time okay but they're never such that uh we wanted to end our partnership okay because we feel that we have been a beacon of light uh in our communities you know for the young people and just for african americans as a whole um it's not often as he said that you have two african americans or two black men that can work together in a business for over 30 years without a fallout, you know. Um, like I said, we're two different people, but yet still we come together for a common good and that's to continue to grow the business, okay? Because our goal is to ultimately leave the business to our children, you know, that's what we would like to do. So uh, a lot of times we sacrifice to make sure that we're able to put our kids or our children in that position where they can continue the legacy that uh, we started years ago. Well, starting the business and making that transition, what were some of the challenges that you, you know, you dealt with? And 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 obviously we're going to get to the the current challenge. But just in terms of developing the company, what were the the muscles that you developed in dealing with the challenges early on as owners? Well, you know, one of one of the things that you find out in any business, there's going to be ups and downs, right? 
So when we first took over the business, we were doing numbers that were record breaking that they that more than the store ever did before. But then you had the uh, recession come in and then you start losing your customer base and everything of that nature. So therefore, I, I thought because there are a lot of laws and stuff and, and decisions being made. So I'm a part of quite a few boards. So if, you, if you're at the table when they're making decisions, I think that helps you engage in the business aspect. And then, and one of the things I've told, uh, I've shared with Cliff, I believe I can get them in, but I need you to keep them in because I can be a little strong at times. But Mr. Green's temperament is a little different than mine. So, and that's what really make us work because I'm very assertive on, on what I believe in and we can, I can talk to them, uh, we'll talk to anybody. I mean, like right now, if anyone runs for any political office in, in from the state of Michigan, they want to come down to Hot Sam's to see what we feel because we have a good pulse of the people. And therefore, our relationships are, are long. And we're now we're working on what? Third and fourth generation. We have grand grandfathers bringing in their children and their great-grandchildren to buy their first suit. So marketing is very, very important. But also, what you find out in trials and tribulations is way more than marketing because you have those taxes, you have those bills, you have, you have all those things, operating costs that you didn't know of when you were a salesman. You know, when you're a salesman, you know, you sold your, you got your, your commission and you and you went home. Okay, when you own the place, you you go home, but you still got some of those issues that you got to deal with. So we're going to pay the cost to be the boss, right? Yeah, yeah right. And, so, and I want people to know this. I think we make it look like it's easy. It really is not easy, but it is a lot of commitment. And I really think the sports part that we talked about in the beginning of this interview, the competitive nature that both of us have, Losing is not an option. Losing is not an option. And I think the black people need to understand how great we are as a people. And if we can work together, and that's what we really want to be, our story to be, if there's any kind of story to tell about Hot Sam, how we took over a business and we survived through a pandemic and everything else that the world has brought in front of you, that we, we can stick together. Well, let's, let's talk about the pandemic. You, you said losing is not an option. And, um, you know, due to the pandemic and due to no fault of your own or, or any or any business for that matter, uh, Hot Sam's had to shut the stores for the first time. And that was by government order. Um, you know, how did that feel? How did being in this pandemic, how did you deal with that? How did you inspire the troops? And how did you turn things around? It was the first time in the history of the store, 99 year old business that the doors were shut. And when that happened, uh, me and Cliff both called each other and we talked for a while. And I don't, I don't think we ever panicked, but we did have to change our, our, our focus on what we could do to keep our doors open. What do you think? Yeah, I, you know, I, I think so too. Uh, matter of fact, uh, when we were told to close down, I thought it was a good idea initially because it gave me an opportunity to stay home and spend some time with the family and do some of the things around the house that maybe I haven't done in in 20 years. So uh, the honeydew list was long, of course, <laughs> but um, after a couple of months, I'm ready to go back to work, okay? But even during the pandemic, uh, you know, we had uh, the Hot Sam's phone number transferred to my phone, Ms. Stovall's phone. So customers still call from time to time because at that time you had many unfortunate deaths and people needed to, uh, you know, they needed suits for themselves or suits for the loved ones or an outfit. So they were called and we still would come in and use precaution, wear masks and gloves and things like that. So we were still here to meet the needs of the people 
uh, during that downtime. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it's, it's just the grace of God that um, when we open back up, business continued as usual. You know, we uh, had a little down period, but for the most part, our customers are faithful. We have faithful customers that have dedicated customers to Hot Sam's. So they still came back because many of them was receiving unemployment and, you know, that's $600 on top of unemployment. They had some extra uh, spending capital. So after being in the house for three, four months, you know, uh, you want to maybe buy a new outfit. And even though you couldn't go many places, <laughs> our customers buy an outfit and put it on and just walk around the house to feel good about themselves and to feel good about the future too, because you know, eventually the pandemic was going to end, but uh, you know, you have to deal with things as they come. And we're just blessed that uh, we're still able. And we had some assistance from um, different agencies that allowed us to continue to, you know, operate and not be in such, not be in such a hole where we're very stressful. So we, we are very thankful for those agencies that helped us in the time of need. And, 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 and here's part of what I think, um, part of my gift and what I do, because we were so involved with so many different things, I, I also was a chamber Black Chamber of Commerce, I was the chair. So therefore I knew a lot of different financial institutions and met a lot of different people that were helping people. We were helping other, let me tell you what we do. We were helping other small businesses stay afloat. Now we're not self-serving. We weren't just looking out for hot Sam's. So while I'm the president of Black Chamber of Commerce, I met so many different people. And one of them happened to be Mr. Ray Waters who calls me one day and said, did I need any help? Now here you here the business almost shut down, and here you got an angel calls you who I met doing our, uh, marketing and things of that nature, being the chair. Asked, did we need any help? And he says, I think I got something for us. And he tells us, and the next thing I know, I call Cliff. I said, man, you're not gonna believe this. Mm -hmm. And that Fifth Third Bank, a bank we had no relationship with, because we had our money at another bank. We're gonna mention nobody's mm -hmm. name. We're gonna be right. inspirational in this whole conversation here. <laughs> but you never know where your blessings come from. Fifth Third Banks heard some of our hot sounds, 99 years soon, celebrating 100 years, and they threw an olive branch out. Yeah. So, and, and then that gave us the, and then from there, I said, okay, let's see what else is going on out here. So I call our landlord and he talks about taking uh, reducing the rent cutting it back. So you start looking at things, then we start calling all the different relationships we had developed over the years and calling for here, calling for there. And there was, there was help out there, but Fifth Third Bank, truly a bank that we had, I had no, I had no relationship with. No affiliation. Us. None, no affiliation. Mm -hmm. And there were many other financial institutes that we, uh, over the years, me and Mr. Green have, have uh, manifested these relationships, but Fifth Third came out and really they were the boost that we needed at that, that particular time. Yeah. Uh, so talk about that, that pivot um, from what I, you know, had read and, and from, you know, uh, the past that a fifth third helped you make the pivot to e-commerce, you know, up to that point, most of it was, you know, walk-in trade, if you, if you will, and, um, you know, outreach as you usually would as a, as a retailer but you made that pivot to the e-commerce and, and share with us how that evolved and the impact of that to your business. It, just for a second, I wanna share this too. Um, well, my daughter Lauren came in before Fifth Third 
and she's the one. Here we are in business for 99 years and did not have, between me and Mr. Green, we still fairly slow. Old school. Uh, on the, on the e-commerce. <laughs> but my daughter came in uh, yeah. and she started putting us online and doing this. And that's how the relationship with Fifth Third manifested and got even larger. And as you know, the, the fastest growing businesses in the world are online businesses and we had no presence. So we're looking at now just growing to another dimension now on an online business as well as a walk-in business. So didn't mean to talk too much, but. No, no, that's good. Yeah. I mean, you know, Lauren was actually the, the catalyst that, uh, you know, and sometimes it, it, the, the youth, that's the next generation. And, you know, you really, sometimes we kind of shine them a little bit, but we really need their vision, you know, because they have a vision that we don't have. I'm not computer literate. My kids are, Tony's children are, you know, so we actually need them because they are the future. Um, so Lauren has come in and, and she's been a legacy, legacy preserver. And she has really reached out to the community again, like her dad, they're both in marketing. So they, they do that very well. And uh, she has, you know, uh, connected us with certain organizations that have allowed us to enter. And uh, like I said, we're basically in the process now of going online with merchandise so that we also have a brick and mortar store, but yet still we have an online presence as well. So that's where we are now. So we're very thankful, as Mr. Stovall said, to Fifth Third Bank, who really was very generous in terms of opening up their purse to uh, help us to reach 100 years and beyond. Well, you know, this is what makes your story unique um, is that, you know, you started off with the founding Friedman multi-generational company, you know, you know, yeah. a few generations before you acquired it. And now once again, uh, you know, it has continued to be a multi-generational company, um, you know, under new owners. You know, what, was that your vision in the beginning? How did that evolve? How did you decide that this was a, um, a company that you wanted to bring in your, your progeny and eventually your, your grandchildren to uh, keep the, uh, the business growing and flourishing? Well, you know what, you, you, we actually can uh, uh, learn some from some of our uh, uh, other na uh, nationalities that have run their own business. Growing up, I used to see uh, other people have their kids running through the store and things of that nature. And during the years we've owned it, all of our kids have came in one way out. Uh, I have three daughters and Cliff has uh, sons and daughters. They've all worked at the, tour, the store every now and then. But for mm -hmm. some reason, it clicked with Lauren. My other two daughters, they, they were in, but they didn't feel like, and Lauren, by, by her graduating from FAM, Florida A&M, in marketing and journalism, it kind of fit. Mm -hmm. And she, believe me, she didn't really think she would be here, and I didn't either. But sometimes some things are just meant to be, and now it just, it just fits that uh, she will come in and help us grow the store to the next level. I mean, you got to remember this. To keep your business afloat, one thing I think happens to a lot of businesses that don't succeed we get caught up in doing same things the same way over and over and over. So when you bring in a fresh young person with new ideas, it's actually refreshing. And I really think uh, we should really give kudos to our younger generation, listen to them a little more than what we do now, because I, we would like to be the bridge for the younger generation and use our wisdom to help them so we can all get to uh, grow in a prosperous way together. Well, as, as part of this interview, and Cliff, 
you seem like you wanted to say something. I don't want to cut you off. No, I echo uh, what Mr. Sobal said. And then too, to say that initially, the goal was to make sure that we could service our debt because initially when we got uh, a loan from Michigan National Bank, it was a 10 year loan and it was for a sizable amount of dollars, you know. So um, our goal was to uh, service the debt, to be able to pay our bills and operate uh, in good faith. And just thank God that we were able to pay a 10 year loan off in uh, eight years, okay. Uh, we initially took on a lot of debt uh, because this store was unionized as well. So we had eight unionized employees and we took on that responsibility, which we really didn't have to. And if I had hindsight, I probably wouldn't have, <laughs> but I know what I know now, because they had a sizable income and, and uh, sizable benefit packages, you know, and taking on that responsibility as well as taking on the debt of paying off uh, a business, okay? was more than a notion. So, um, you know, we had some taxing times, but uh, gratefully, you know, we had business. We went out and market the community. We had a lot of support from the communities and people were so happy that uh, two brothers that grew up in the city of Detroit that worked for Hot Sam's was able to buy the business in 1994. So we had calls from all over the country, California, New York, uh, Florida, Georgia, Mississippi people called that saw the initial interview that Tony and I did. And they were just so happy that we were able to purchase the business. So uh, we had a lot of, uh, a lot of support. Um, and just, like I said, thank God that, uh, and we always felt, and you know, we you talk about fear a little bit, but we never, we were never fearful because right. we said that if God allowed us to get the capital that we need to buy the business, then of course he wouldn't fail us. So we never had fear about losing the business, but you do think about being able to service your debt on a timely basis, which we did. And like I said, thank God in eight years, we serviced that debt and we were able to move on to some other avenues in this particular business. That's great. Hey Derek, can I say something? And this is, it, may or may not have anything to do with this interview, but one of the high points, at least I felt, it was so many people of color proud of us. Uh, an older black lady called us and, and she used the term that I hadn't heard in a long time. She called and said, she didn't know our name. And she said, are you the colored boys that, <laughs> yeah. uh, that bought that store? Yeah, right. And right. We, yeah. we said, of course. And we respect like we were raised, respect our elders. And it was things like that that keep you going, that you know that you're doing something other than make a sale, that this is how she felt. It was almost like when we did this, it was like we were all happy when Barack Obama became the first black president. Mm -hmm. So it was like just an affirmation of black people that we can rise above some things. And that's what we really stand on. Uh, and okay. we really understood as a people how powerful we are. Mm -hmm. um, the world will be ours because we are a great, great people. And we need to quit consuming so much uh, with, with others and spend more money with each other and we will be further ahead. Well, you, uh, Hot Sam's and, and, and both of you, uh, Tony, Cliff, you are representative of what this series is. And I'm glad that you're the first correct um, guest, Elevate Black, you know, in terms of, you know, creating goodwill, connecting with the community, being in, innovative, bringing in young people, creating a partnership, a lasting partnership that's grown and thrived. Um, so as we're wrapping up, you know, and you've shared a lot of pearls and a lot of great advice, 
Um, give us two more gems from each one of you on what African-American businesses should do going forward as we start to uh, go past this uh, COVID crisis into a post-COVID world. Uh, what advice do you have for um, young African-American entrepreneurs in terms of persevering and, and growing their enterprises? Well, you know, we also do a lot of career days and we speak to young people all the time. And one of the things that I've all often told them as I tell our story from 74 to 94, working for a place and then buying the place, it's hard work, hard work, hard work, and more hard work. It's, it's not easy. This is not cut out for everybody. I, I also read a study where it says entrepreneurs are wired differently because we think differently. We believe that we can do whatever we want to do. So, and for our kids to keep dreaming, and it, all those people telling you what you can't do, keep dreaming because you can do it. But it does. It's not going to be easy. But it's hard work. Hard work, hard work, and commitment. You can do what you want to do. That's, that's true. Uh, Cliff? And, you know, I believe that uh, I'm, I'm very strong in good customer service. I mean, I, 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 I live it, I breathe it, I dream it. It is so important, you know, important when you go into a business that you treat your customer extremely well because that customer is actually the one who pays your bills for you. So. Customer service is just, if I can stress that, if I can't stress that enough, it is just so important to, you know, uh, good, give good customer service, uh, give your customer good value for their dollar, okay, and treat them like royalty. And it's often said here at Hot Sam's that uh, we're like a cheer, you know, it's a big family here. We know our customers and we fellowship with our customers, you know, the kids, the moms, the father, the grandparents. So it's, it's a big family here. And then too, for any other young people who may be aspiring to going into business right now, I think it's so important that we learn to unite together because when we, when we unite together, we can share information, um, you know, we can pass our wisdom and um, it just makes us more powerful. You know, when we learn to unite and work together as one, as African-Americans, you know, we can, pool our thoughts and our resource together and then we could um, really move to the next level. Hard work, commitment, yes. customer service, yes. unity. Yes. Those are the components that have helped make Hot Sam's not only a top selling menswear store in Detroit, but an institution. Tony Cliff, Thank you for joining us for the inaugural episode of Elevate Black Inc. Uh, we look forward to your centennial anniversary and beyond. And is it Derek? Yes. We would like to invite you down to Hot Sam's um, to give you the service that we're speaking of. Mm -hmm. Only if you teach me how to develop some Detroit style. We <laughs> <laughs> <I> will. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Yeah. It's, it's a date. I'd love to, uh, I'd love to uh, be there to uh, be a part of the centennial celebration and to see the, the magic of Hot Sam's and why it is such a pillar in the community. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here.